Stress is ultimately a spiritual issue that affects your whole life. Pressure is not the perpetrator. Your reaction to pressure is what reveals your understanding of God's ways, God's will. You can allow pressure to come between you and the Lord, or you can allow pressure to press you closer to the Lord. When life comes at you, piling on trial after trial, it can feel like there's just too much to handle. So how do we find strength to stand in the midst of adversity? Today on Hope for the Heart, June Hunt shows us a solid refuge in times of trouble. And it's not a place, it's a person. Today's program starts with the recording of a phone conversation June had with a college student. Listen for the underlying causes of this student's stress and how God wants to exchange that stress for peace. I'm a senior in college, and I'm having all these difficult things going on in my life right now. My mom died nine and a half years ago. Oh, wow. um, I had this injury, concussion, just from hitting my head hard on a roof of a car. I don't know how I did that. And I went through, like, the DTs for two weeks, and I had a draining sensation, groggy feeling for a Mm. with tremors. Wow. I have all these things going on at once. It's my senior year in biology, and it's like all of that stuff is coming in all at the same time and don't know how to handle all of it. It's just overwhelming. I have a visa car that's maxed out, and I don't know exactly what I want to do with my degree in biology. It sounds as though you're in the ocean experiencing being hit wave upon wave. Did you catch how many stressors? that she was dealing with. What are a few? Her mother's death. Mother's death years ago. Finances, school, brain injury, yes. And she just doesn't know what to do, yeah. All these difficulties at one time, and I'm thinking, now, which one do we start with? The thought about where to go, what you would do. Maybe the biggest stressor? Ask what the biggest stressor is or which is one that affects you every day. Truthfully, at this point, what you're trying to do is gather information. And sometimes I'm spending time fishing, fishing. Finally, I'll go, this is it. This is what we need to do. We'll go on. Do you feel that Jesus was under great stress as he was facing the death on the cross? Intense stress. Intense. I would agree. How did he process? What did he do as he faced incredible, immense stress? He would bring it to the Father. Or he exactly. would pray. Although Jesus knew he was about to be arrested, he would be facing death, he acknowledged his Father's sovereignty, and he put his trust in God's ultimate control over the situation. You see, in Mark 14:36, he said, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. It's all in your hands. I don't have to force something. Nothing is impossible with God. God knew where you would be at this time in your life, years before you were even born. He knew the stress you'd have. Do you believe that God knows everything? Yes. Does he know about things, events, people in the future? Yes, he knows everything. Yes. Where are you thinking she is spiritually? She says that you were right about God knowing where she would be at that time. So it seemed like she at least has a relationship to some form with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I think at this particular point, although she knows those things mentally, she's consumed with what's going on. She has lost focus. 
Yes. I was going to say that and think she was trusting herself fully in the care of God. Sometimes people don't know how because to have a mother that died, here she's at school, she doesn't know what she's going to do, and I'm not hearing much support, so we've got to keep pulling out what is true for her. Okay. That doesn't mean that he forced every single thing to occur in your life that has occurred, because he does give you free will. Yes. He gives all of us the ability to make choices even that are against his will. God has a perfect will, but he also has a permissive will. I don't understand it, the way he works. I don't understand why my mom is in a lot of pain sometimes. She was really scared. And... Mm -hmm. and I don't think anyone on this side of heaven can answer that question. I hurt for you for that. I would want every son and daughter to be able to have parents at least until they're launched into adulthood. My heart hurts for you that you didn't have that with your mom. I will say there are opportunities that you will have that most people will not have to have a ministry to people who lose their mom at an early age. But one thing we know is that he holds the answers. In terms of the needs you have, the scripture says, my God will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. As long as you've yielded your will to the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you done that? Have you truly been able to entrust your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah. What did you hear now that gives a hint about what some pain is for her? She's really hurting about her mother. Yeah, her mom. Mom is supposed to be the nurturer. Not all moms are nurturers, but especially as she's trying to transition into adulthood, it's like she doesn't have somebody there to help her who's her mom. We'll go on. That means that you were adopted into the family of God. So he becomes your perfect, and I want to emphasize, perfect parent. The Heavenly Father can't make mistakes. When we have stress in our lives, what we need is truth, what God has said. The more we rehearse the truth about the promises of God, the less stress we will feel. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Just say, thank you, Lord, that this is your promise, because I need you to go with me, to never leave me, nor forsake me, because you had a mom who left this world. I'm sure it was very difficult. My mom and I used to fight. I have all these strange emotions, but mm -hmm. she's a big part of me, because I was really close to her. And Do you I, feel guilty about the fight? Um... Well, I, I felt like I wasn't measuring it. Like I wasn't good enough. My brother did better because he went off to boarding school, and then he became a major in the Army. He's doing so much better than I am, and I always thought that he outshined me, and my mom was more proud of him. Mm. I wasn't good enough. And I never had a chance to prove myself to my mom. Wow. Do you think she felt unconditionally loved? No. no. Her brother got the attention. When that occurs, when you know you're definitely not favored, it can impact you for quite a while until you begin to learn what? How God sees you. 
what is his view toward you? And that can be the healing factor. And sometimes it's the only one because people are imperfect, but God is perfect and he loves you perfectly. Okay. I always wanted to go on to medical school or something like that so I could prove myself to my mother because I never had a chance to. Do you think that she had conditional love for you, not unconditional love? She had conditional love. I'm hearing that you're carrying a load of unworthiness. You're feeling like I wasn't worthy enough to have my mother's approval. It's just that I always felt like my brother got some more attention, but I wanted her to be proud of me. What is difficult is when you feel you're not as special. What I'm hearing is you've been comparing yourself to your brother. He had her approval. I really didn't have it like he had it. I want Why you am I to starting to feel things now when it happened a long time ago? Why am I starting to feel things nine years down the road? She said, why am I dealing with this now nine years down the road? And the answer here is because she didn't deal with it then. She probably didn't know how. You know, when you're younger, is there somebody there to help you through it? She needs to understand, well, now is the time. Now that this is on the front burner, let's make sure we're dealing with truth. Because if truth is not prevalent, then she will continue to have that low sense of, well, I was nothing. Okay, we've got to keep going here. When we're younger, we don't know how to process the pain of life. Because there are certain kinds of pain that are so great that children don't have all of these skills to know how to deal with them. I was actually kind of older. I was my late teens, but maybe I was still kind of young. Older. But there's a relationship a young woman has with her mom to be able to ask questions, to be able to just do things with. You haven't had that. And God knows that. That's part of the difficulty in regard to death. There's a natural grieving that needs to take place looking at loss in your life. Sometimes see, we're so busy and there are a lot of people trying to make up for the losses in our lives and then it'll hit later. And that is not uncommon. You're recognizing there are emotions you're having that you didn't have much earlier. The Bible says there's a time to grieve in Ecclesiastes 3, and it's very specific about mourning and grief. And that's good, because a lot of people go, oh, wait a minute, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't cry, everything should be wonderful. No, 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 that's, that's baloney. In Ecclesiastes 3, it says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. But then it says there's a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn, and a time to dance. I guess I just was too young then. Maybe I wasn't ready for it. I just think she needs to know she's in the family of God. She needs to know his character. Do you think she's really grieved the loss of her mother? I don't think she's grieved the pain of her mother's rejection. How do you do that? Yes. You can write a letter to her, talk to God about it, and then at some point make a decision to forgive. Great. Write it out. There's a specific way you can do it, and it has made all the difference in the world. Write everything you can think of. And then many times what I will say is, now, would you be willing to present this as an offering to God? 
like a burnt offering and take a match to it. There's going to be bad there. There's going to be the pain of rejection, the pain of comparison. Instead of keeping this as a monument, you don't want this as the declaration of horrible dependence, you know. You want freedom. These are the Bill of Rights to be able to say, okay, I'm leaving this and I choose to forgive. And that's important. Today's discussion is about handling stress. And there's more coming up from this call, so don't go away. This conversation is from June's nighttime radio program, Hope in the Night. If you'd like to talk with June on the air, give us a call at 800 night 17 That's 800-644-4817. Right now, let's go back to our program. As June talks with this young college student, listen to the practical help she provides. I'm going to make a suggestion that you write down when you're not distracted, where you've got a block of time, like this weekend, write down every single memory that you have, positive, negative, doesn't matter what the emotion is, but write down, I remember these things about my mother. I remember these significant events relating to my mother. If any of them evoke emotion, tears, or whatever, that's okay. I even have written letters to my mom. Good. But sometimes I was really upset because I was thinking about I don't miss her and then I miss her again. Hmm. Is that unusual? You know, emotions go up and down. Even with loved ones, at times we don't really feel much and other times we feel a lot. That's not the key. The key is for her to be consistent and just flat do it. Get everything down. Just write everything that she can think of. And another way to do it is just to write to the side, past, 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 past. This is how you deal with the past. You're writing down everything that you can think of, because there are three parts to it. It first deals with the past, and then the second deals with the present, the third deals with the future. For the past, after you finish making this list, then come back and you write, finished, over every single one of them. What you're doing is you're saying, this time is over, this time is finished, I'm remembering them, I'm not denying, I'm not stuffing, I'm remembering the good and the bad. And then you're going to deal with the present. Your objective here is going to be accepting and being content with today. Now you'll be dealing with accepting that the present offers you stability and significance. And then the third will be accepting that the future holds new and different opportunities. I'm glad you called. You have hope for the future. I'd like for us to look at the spiritual implications of stress. In reality, stress is ultimately a spiritual issue that affects your whole life. Pressure is not the perpetrator. Your reaction to pressure is what reveals your understanding of God's ways, God's will. You can allow pressure to come between you and the Lord, or you can allow pressure to press you closer to the Lord. So this is where you need to stop and evaluate your mental emotional, physical, and even spiritual response to the pressures that produce stress in your life. It's interesting, in Psalm 119, verse 71, 
you see a passage that basically has two parallels, but Psalm 119 says, it was good for me to be afflicted. How many of you say, oh, it's good for me to be afflicted? <laughs> Not. <laughs> the reason is given. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. You realize at times we're really not learners. We're not at that point of, oh God, what, is it? what do you want me to know? I don't have an understanding of this situation. What is it that I'm to learn? He is going to find a way to use whatever it is you go through to either teach you or to teach others through you. There's something that you can learn. Perhaps it's not though for you. It's for somebody else. And you say, well, I don't see how this could bless anybody. Listen, I'll tell you this right now. I may not know anything about your circumstance, but I will guarantee this one thing. There is a value, I can tell you, if you're going through deep stress or distress, the takeaway value is that you will be able to have true compassion where others would go, oh, I'm sorry, bless your heart. Now, what a shame. There are those who have severe pain. I think unless you have experienced chronic pain long term, I don't think you get it. I am not one who has experienced long term chronic pain. I did, to my surprise, get cancer. Having gone through that, I, for the first time, had compassion like I had not had before. It was such an eye-opening experience. In truth, today, I wouldn't take anything for having gone through it. I learned so much, and I would get on the radio, and I would just periodically keep the audience posted. Well, I got all these calls that I had never gotten before from people who had cancer. You know, I just got diagnosed with cancer. What do I need to know? You know, and then some who said, my wife, what do I do? So it automatically gives you comprehension, compassion, sensitivity. Bottom line is God's going to use your suffering. That's the point here. Let's talk about the mental response. Mental stress is the result of how you think about or interpret events. If you dwell on, for example, losing your job, you will feel stress. If you dwell on God's faithfulness to provide, he will replace your stress with peace. Not necessarily replace the job on your schedule. So you have to evaluate, do I have a positive or a negative outlook? If you dwell on negative thoughts, you can turn almost anything, even good circumstances, into stress. This is why God wants you to meditate on what is pure and good. I love this. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You, and it's talking about the Lord, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. And you know, if we really, really have our focus on him, just saying, Lord, I'm yours you can do anything in me, to me, through me, I just belong to you, then you will have the peace of God. Your emotional response. Emotional stress is a result of how you process your thoughts. And if you think bitter thoughts, you're going to feel bitter emotions. If you think forgiving thoughts, you will feel forgiveness in your heart. You've got to evaluate what am I thinking. It makes a huge difference. 
we've covered two parts of responses, your mental response and your emotional response in terms of your physical response. If you mentally dwell on your physical difficulties, you can develop physical fatigue. If you trust God and his timing, he provides you peace, mental, emotional, and even a type of physical peace. There are people who have minimal difficulty, and yet their bodies are just taut. They're having much more physical difficulty. Others should have much more pain, and yet they're able to function better because of the way they're processing life with the Lord. Then certainly the spiritual response. You know, if you believe God is indifferent or impotent to work in your life and your circumstances, you're going to have a crisis of faith. However, if you believe him to be a loving father, a savior, helper, friend, healer, with infinite power to work on your behalf, then you will enter into his rest and receive his peace. Realize Jesus is our Sabbath what? Rest. There is a type of peace and security with him, regardless of our outer circumstances. We need to realize that he is our rest, regardless of the rest of the world. That's great insight from June Hunt about our emotional response to the pressures of life. This is Hope for the Heart, and June will be right back. Right now, I'd like to let you know about a free download that you can get today. It's our quick reference guide about stress. It will give you a few tips along with biblical hope, and you can find it at hopefortheheart.org. And for a deeper dive into what the Bible says about overcoming stress, you'll want to get our new Keys for Living on this topic. You can order a digital copy or a hard copy at hopefortheheart.org. And now, let's get back to June. Whether you're experiencing a significant transition in your life or just a daily hassle, your individual beliefs, your attitudes, your thoughts will influence what becomes stressful to you. Therefore, it's critical that the first signs of stress be met with God's truth. Think about the words found in Philippians 4, 8. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now the next verse ends with these words, and the God of peace will be with you. So if you dwell on God's faithfulness to provide for you, he will replace your stress with his peace. You've been listening to June Hunt as she looks at biblical principles along with practical help for those stressful times of life. Discover more when you visit hopefortheheart.org. Here at Hope for the Heart, we know that life has been different But we also know that COVID-19 can't cancel God's work, and it can't stop us from sharing His hope with others. Listen to this. Do you have a heart for people who are hurting and broken? You want to throw them a lifeline, but sometimes you just don't know how. Lifeline to Hope is a brand new, one-of-its-kind caregiver training designed just for you. Using video-based instruction from leading experts, Plus relevant case studies and interactive exercises, you can discover how to effectively provide support, encouragement, and spiritual care. The ultimate goal is to connect lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. 
This 10-week Lifeline to Hope program can train and deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church and community. Be the person in your church that brings together caregivers to become better equipped to meet the hurting. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. lifelinetohope.org. Can you imagine what your church and community might look like with Lifeline to Hope caregivers? For more about this caregiver training, go to lifelinetohope.org. For June Hunt, I'm Joe Wolf. For daily access to biblical hope and practical help, join us on Facebook. June Hunt has her own page, and there's a page for Hope for the Heart. As we sign off today, remember that there is hope no matter the circumstance. Have a great weekend, and meet us back here on Monday for more about this hope, right here on Hope for the Heart.